As is our tradition, our uh, speaker batting cleanup is Gene Getz, and uh, there may be a few of you in here that uh, don't know Gene, but he is a lifelong pastor, retired from being a pastor, but by no means retired, uh, authored many books, and one of the more recent ones, those you were here about three years ago when his Life Essentials Bible came out that has the, uh, the notes in it, and you can use your QR code and see a little sermonette on that particular life principle. That's Gene. Um, when that came out, everybody at High Ground that year got one, and I'm sure they're still available for sale, right, Gene? Uh, if you don't have one, I strongly recommend you getting one. It, uh, it is really great. I even have it, uh, all of them downloaded on my iPhone and going to work. I will... Uh, Poke that, and while I'm going to work, listen to, uh, listen to Gene. So that's great. Uh, tonight he has a special guest and a special program. So with that, Gene, please come on up. Well, I can't believe 27 years I've been in this role. And God in His grace has enabled me to be here all 27 years. I should say 26, because the first time we got together, John, we were feeling our way along and trying to help a brother who didn't listen. And, uh, but out of that, we all had such a great time of skiing and fellowship, we said, let's do it every year. And uh, beginning that year, I kind of uh, fell into this role, the final session of wrapping everything up and uh, pulling it together and setting the stage for our final uh, sharing. Actually, uh, it kind of evolved into four objectives. Number one is to pull together everything that has been taught. So I've been listening pretty carefully and been blessed, by the way. Uh, secondly, to share a brief message that supports what has been shared. And then thirdly, uh, to introduce you to someone who can share an inspiring story of God's grace in his life. And that's basically been the format. And then, fourthly, to set the stage for some final sharing, which has always been a great blessing as we all come together and see what God is going to do in our own lives and building up one another. I had a good start last night and will culminate tonight. I went back and uh, I'm just going to simply bullet point these because what I try to do is see if there's a theme that emerges. And the amazing thing, as you know, Randy, is that many times a theme will emerge and the speakers never speak to each other before. We just know we're on. And sometimes the theme is just crystal clear all the way through. I think there are themes that emerged. And uh, starting with Craig, uh, the bottom line for his message is Satan is alive and well. That's what I heard. And uh, the scripture that kind of puts it together uh, in that message is, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, <laughs> prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And, of course, he used illustrations from the Old Testament to illustrate that point. Charlie, Charlie said, uh, and this is what I heard, an important key to defeating Satan is fasting and praying, especially in challenging situations. 
And that, to me, was a very significant support to what we heard in the first session. By the way, while Charlie was speaking, I had to think of uh, one story about Charlie a lot of you don't know. Quite a few years ago now, I was uh, in my, my renewal radio program, I was interviewing Charlie up at Rod Miller's house. And as I went in, Charlie was already there, a guy came up who was a balloonist over the Rockies. And he said, I understand that Charlie Duke is here, and I just want you to know that I would love to give him a, uh, a hot air balloon ride over the Rockies. And so I went in. I said, Charlie, there's a guy out here who wants to give you a, a ride over the Rockies. <laughs> and he, Charlie looked at me and said, I wouldn't be caught dead in a hot air balloon. <laughs> and I, I looked at him. I said, you're, you're serious. He said, yeah, I'm serious. Too many things can go wrong. <laughs> he was dead serious. And of course, man, flying to the moon, but <laughs> too many things can go wrong. I don't know if you ever met that guy or not, but uh, I always think of that story and I think of Charlie. An important key to defeating Satan is fasting and praying, especially in challenging situations. A great, great message in your stories really gripped my heart. And then Rick uh, took us back to the three basic truths, basic truths, simple but basic and profound. God can use us to penetrate this evil world with the gospel if we're born again and walking in and according to the Holy Spirit. Uh, another way, metaphorical way, I, uh, of explaining what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Did I capture that? The Great Commission. That's your last point. But to do that, born again, born again with the Holy Spirit. that's right. Great. Then John, um, when God asks us to do something, He will be involved in our lives. And really, the tagline there, which is very important, regardless of what happens. And the, the most powerful verse, the key passage um, from Paul's letter to the Philippians. According to my earnest expectation and hope, this is Paul writing, he's chained to a Roman guard, that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that in all boldness Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. I think that kind of puts that together. Great, great message. And Walter, stepping in for you, um, Redeeming the gift of time God has given us by demonstrating Christ's love to those who do not know Christ as Savior. That was a great, great message from Walter. Related so much to Jesus' prayer. Pray there will be one as we are one, so the world will believe that you have sent me. And as later you'll see, that's a great segue into the story you're going to hear tonight. Now, what I'd like to do is just a brief message that relates and supports these messages. And I say brief because you can hear me anytime, 
There are 1,500 videos if you want to check in on them. <laughs> but you can't always hear our, our friend uh, Elijah who's with us tonight. But let me just briefly share something that I've been thinking about, and I think it relates to everything that we've heard, and it's Paul's words in 1 Timothy, the second chapter. And Paul has just gotten out of prison. God wasn't through with him yet. He went back to prison, of course, that second time. Nero had his head. But uh, he wrote these words. Timothy is in Ephesus. Paul's somewhere traveling. He's out of prison. And he says, Timothy, first of all, now I realize there's some relativity here because he's writing to Timothy. He's in Ephesus. He's facing some challenges. The larger context is the Roman world, which was a very hostile environment to the gospel. And he says, first of all, and let me simply say, even though there's relativity here, I think no matter what the cultural situation, this is a priority that I think we're missing today in a lot of our churches. First of all, then, I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone. And then... He spells out some particular individuals for prayer that we ought to be praying for. For kings and all those who are in authority. Now, Paul had just gotten out of prison after two years, but before that, he was two years in Caesarea. His last testimony was shared before King Herod Agrippa who wasn't very friendly to the gospel. In fact, none of the leaders of the Roman world were friendly to the gospel. For Agrippa, he shared before Festus, governors, and then Felix. So these guys are in his mind when he said, I want you to pray. But he states a purpose. He says, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Now, the encouraging thing about that is very clearly it's the will of God that we live in a peaceful environment. That's the will of God that we can pray for. But there's an ultimate purpose for that. It's not so that we can just enjoy life, which is a great blessing. But he says, this is good and it pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's really interesting, if you want to just test that out in, in our current world, is when China, when the Christians were persecuted in China, church grew. But what happened when they were set free to worship? Little by little, the church has gone crazy in multiplication. The church grows far more when we have peace, where we can demonstrate who Christ is by the way we live. And we've been, by the way, very fortunate in world history 
to live in a part of the world for a couple hundred plus years that is very unique in all of world history to have the freedom that we have. Now, we've seen some shifts. We're seeing some changes. They're new to us, relatively speaking. And by the way, if, if I didn't feel that, that um, at this point in my life, and I'm involved in a, a part of ministry I never anticipated, I never anticipated that when I passed the baton of leadership nearly 10 years ago now, when I was about 72, 73, that in the next seven years I devote full time to doing this Life Essential Study Bible. It came out of the blue, it was an honor, it was humbling. And then the way in which it evolved to become the first multimedia study Bible, never planned that. And there's just God's sovereign hand all the way along, because when we began the process, YouTube didn't exist, uh, uh, QR codes didn't exist, they didn't come into existence for about six years. And fortunately, Dave Powers said, Gene, if you're going to do all this work, let's just videotape it all, do high quality. So we had it in the quote can. We never could have reproduced that when that technology came online. But what that did was opened a door that I never anticipated, and that is to be able, in many respects, to touch people all around the world. Because of the moment that technology was included in the Bible, people could download those videos anywhere in the world where there's an internet connection. And so we're hearing from all over the world. But what that has for me in the years that I have, and gracious Gary, your, your story just says, man, we got to be ready any time. So I don't know how many years I have, or months, or days, but my commitment is to spend the rest of my days, as long as I can talk and walk and get around, is to get the Word of God into the hearts of people all over the world. But I share that for this, if I didn't have that vision, which is enough to keep me busy. I can't really do anything more than that. But if I didn't have that, I think I would commit the rest of my life to getting churches, to mobilize churches to practice what Paul wrote here. To get people praying all over the world. Particularly in, our, in the United States. According to this passage. Now what does that mean? First of all, then I urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those authority. Practically every morning now, my wife and I pray for Obama. It doesn't say whether you agree with him or not. Paul didn't agree with Nero. He's praying for a guy who's going to take his head off. He's praying for Herod Agrippa. He's praying for Roman officials. And so, I think what we ought to be doing is praying for all those in authority. And there's a lot of things you can pray for our president in terms of what his heart could be open to. For Netanyahu, as he's coming into a hostile, in a sense, a hostile environment. Uh, for Putin and what's going on over there. To me, as the church, we ought to be praying for all those in authority. And why? That we can have a peaceable environment. 
to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. I would devote my life to that if I didn't have the other project. Because I believe there's an enduring principle there, first of all. This is what we ought to be doing. But anyway, I thought I would share that because I think it correlates, number one, with what we want to do tonight and also what we've heard since we've been up here. Satan's alive and well. And um, so basically, I'm going in now to the uh, second, third part of my task here. After reviewing the messages and a brief message that I think helps give us traction and direction in relationship to our lives here. But I want to introduce you to someone who does have an inspiring story of God's grace in many ways. And uh, um, Elijah uh, leaned over to me and when we were singing tonight. He said, I, I remember the first time when I became a believer out of Islam that I was singing these songs. And he said it just blew me away because in Islam you don't sing. You don't sing. Now think about that in relationship to all the hymnody, the great classics, the hymns, everything that has come out of Christianity. I mean, that in itself is a great statement. But uh, I'm going to be uh, interviewing him tonight, and um, I think that in many respects, what he has experienced fleshes out a great deal of what we've already heard this week. And so at this point, Number one, David, here we turn off all recordings. This is for security reasons. And Gene, thank you. And Elijah, thank you. That's a great word. Uh, everybody can be seated. I want to thank each and every one of you for, uh, for coming. It's, um, uh, I think, hopefully those of you here for the first time see why some of us have been coming for 26 uh, or 27 years in the case of uh, uh, two of us here. It just keeps getting uh, uh, better and better, I know for me, uh, that it really does. And it's um, when I was asked to start coordinating, uh, I was happy to do it because it is an honor to, uh, to serve you guys and to help put this together, facilitate this. It, it's, um, it, it's really meant a lot to me, and I appreciate it. Let me close this out. Heavenly Father, once again, we are so grateful for the opportunity we have come together, to openly come together. Uh, the group of men like this, at a, a wonderful venue like this, um, Lord, we, we're humble because we know most, most people don't have this opportunity. Even most Christians don't, uh, don't have the opportunity to hear one speaker as good as, as we have two a day. Uh, it, uh, we are just, we're humbled by that, and uh, Lord, don't, don't let us take that for granted. Uh, we pray, we thank you for your presence that we felt. We thank you for all those that have shared. Uh, be with everyone as we travel home, and we pray that you would bring everyone back next year for number 28. So we praise your name, and all these things we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, next year, last week in February. I don't know the exact dates, but it's the last week in February. Sure. Thank you all.